Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, queer erotica and potatoes. That's, I think, a a really powerful and pervasive misconception about the creation of porn. I think a lot of people do think that it's just like two people who are hooking up and they're like, let's turn on a camera. A big part of my identity is my queerness, is my attractions to multiple different types of humans. And I want to, I want to improve that like visibility. And I believe that our studio makes the best combusting videos that are available on the internet. What makes it a good one? Dedication and care to detail. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share, leave a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So I think one of the most powerful things out there is seeing somebody who looks like you, who represents the group that you are in, depicted in a media that you enjoy. Because not only does that bring extra visibility and awareness, but I think it also shows you that there are other people like you and that it's okay to be who you are. Our first guest does exactly that with adult films. This is queer erotica producer Sin Sage. So you've starred in films for about 20 years, but when did you get into producing? So I worked in pretty much mainstream uh, lesbian porn. At that same time, I was getting a lot of emails and people were requesting custom videos from me. So I was like, you know, I think I should start learning how to do this and and see about making my own content and and making these custom videos because that's money being presented to me that I'm just walking away from. So I started very simply and I even went on my Amazon wish list and I asked for like a little baby video camera, um, a basic editing program and a single light (laughs) and kind of went from there. Now it's a full on production company and we still produce high quality custom videos, um, very specific to what people ask for. So when you're producing a film, right? Like what goes into that exactly? Because in my mind, right, when we're talking about these kind of films, it's like you get two people and a camera and you go, right? But obviously it's more complicated than that. So what kind of goes into it? Yeah. So that's, that's, I think, a, a really powerful and pervasive misconception about the creation of porn. I think a lot of people do think that it's just like two people who are hooking up and they're like, let's turn on a camera or something like that. But I think it's very clear from a lot of productions that that's not what's going on because uh, everything looks great. Uh, Professional um, mainstream sets are very much like any other movie set. Uh, It's just that instead of, I don't know, like being John Wick, you know, you're you're two people having sex or eight people or 10, you know, whatever. (laughs) When you like when you contract performers, how does that like are you looking for somebody specific? Do they contact you? Like how does that process kind of fill out? Do you like do they well, audition? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Um not for not for me and my my little studios. I and generally no, we don't do like there's not really an audition process for this type of stuff. Um 
a lot of people have agents um, that they use for more mainstream, bigger production companies. Um, and at that point, it's more just based on what you look like. And then you go and do the performance and uh, whoever you're working for is like either going to decide that's not a great performer, probably won't hire them again, or they're really great and we'll hire them a lot. Um, I just connect with people on Twitter, like other performers on Twitter. And then I'm like, hey, are you in Vegas? Uh, sometimes it's just someone I've noticed on Twitter that I find attractive, or maybe it's someone that I've heard of as being really good, a good performer. So I'll reach out to them or vice versa. And we just are like, cool, what, what kind of stuff do you want to make? And when can we get together and pick a date? Uh, also, the testing is obviously very important. We both have to go get tested. Uh, test is valid for two uh, for 14 days, at which point you have to get another one. I've always wondered that. Like, So if somebody gets one, right? And I don't think that there should be some massive stigma behind STIs. Or like this is something that okay, exists yeah. in a lot of society. But are they are they essentially done in the industry? Oh, God, no. Uh, so... Yes, if you contract HIV, I would say you are essentially done in the industry. Um, I mean, you can work for yourself. You can do solo stuff. I mean, OnlyFans is huge. Like, you can still make a pretty good living, like, not performing, not working with other performers. Uh, also, I can only speak from my experience, which is mainly, like, it is queer, but uh, there is a whole other um, side of the industry that is gay male that... I don't know as much about, so I'm not going to speak too much on it. Um, but when it comes to the uh, the testing protocols, you know, and, and I think even still today where we're at with HIV, that is a little bit stigmatized. I mean, if you are on the medication and your viral load is down to zero, you cannot transmit it. Um, you can't pass it on to others. So, you know, in those cases, we might need to revisit that at some point in the future. But the way things are now... Um, yeah, you wouldn't be able to perform with other people. How, yeah, you specialize in queer content. How come you ventured into that specifically? Uh, because I am a queer person. Um, that so. makes sense. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's just that, you know, um, when I got into the business, uh, I was in a relationship with a cis male person. I was also very young. I've learned a lot about myself in the past 20 years, obviously. But um, at that time in that relationship model I was in, uh, it wasn't even a question to me when I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get into this this work. I had told him when we first met, this is what I want to do. Um, so he was aware. And then when I was moving forward into it, it wasn't even a question of, well, should I do boy girl or should I not do boy girl? It was just like, obviously I'm not going to because I'm with my boyfriend. I'm not going to fuck other dudes, but I kind of made it clear that I liked women that I was, you know, at that time, I think I identified as bisexual. So I knew that about myself. And, um, I was like this, you know, at 18, I'm like, well, is this okay? Like, you know, can I do this? You know, this is what I want to do with my life. Yada, yada. And so he's like, that's fine. You know, I don't mind if, if you do scenes with women, that's cool. Um, for our relationship, it was a terrible, toxic relationship on so many levels, but, uh, for me that, that was how I got into the business. And then, uh, when I finally was able to exit that relationship, I had already been doing this girl, girl only lesbian work for, you know, eight or nine years. Um, so I now have this freedom, right. To where I can make decide for myself, like, do I want to work with men now? Um, and I have been on lots of sets with men. Uh, I had shot plenty of porn that had men in it, like done camera work for it. And I just wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that I was enthusiastically like, yes, now I finally get to do this. I was just kind of more like, um, okay, I'm going to consider this. I'm going to give myself some space from the breakup. It was a very long relationship. Um, and in that time period, I think I just realized that it wasn't really for me to do boy girl. I felt that that was kind of the direction I wanted to stay on the path. I wanted to continue down. I expanded into working with trans uh, people as well. So, you know, for me, that's a big part of my identity is my queerness is my attractions to multiple different types of humans. And I want to, um, I want to improve that like visibility and 
like give a bigger platform for like our differences as people. And I'm just like one piece of that. But um, in that regard, right, would your career have been, and I'll put this in air quotes, easier if you did boy girl from the very beginning? So I'm not going to say it would have been easier. In fact, being friends with like a million other sex workers and hearing lots of stories and stuff, I honestly think it would be more difficult doing boy girl. Um, and I'm not going to say that, that I'm speaking for everyone. I'm only speaking for myself, but, uh, there's a lot more you have to deal with. And, and, um, I think that it was easier for me. I definitely would, uh, have, have made, and to this day make, uh, more money, no doubt about it. If I did boy girl, I don't know. To me, that's not the most important thing. I think the most important thing is like staying true to yourself and the things you want to do and the things you want to be doing. When for your content, like when you're making your queer content, are you making it for other queer people or is it for straight people that maybe want to watch two girls? There's probably a better way I should have phrased that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just trying to make content for all types of people to enjoy. So when we talk especially about like lesbian porn, especially mainstream lesbian porn, I think that we we talk a lot about the male gaze. Um, And I've been on so many different sets that like, I can tell when I'm on a set where it's like, hey, we're just trying to showcase like two women who are into each other having sex versus hey, we need to see you penetrating her pussy with fingers or something or hand you a dildo and say, here, stick this in her because we are making porn for the male gaze and they need to see these type of actions happening. Uh, So to me, that's the difference between the content that is made for specifically like a heterosexual male to watch and that's fine. And th- there's a space for those things. But I'm trying to make stuff that is like that guy can enjoy it. But also LGBT people uh, can see themselves represented in that like authentic desire, that authentic passion. I think like my wife would describe it as loving versus fucking. <laughs> uh, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I lo- I do. I make loving scenes and I make fucking scenes. But uh, with what you're saying is like, um, you can put it that way too, I think. It's just, that makes sense, yeah. right? Like, okay. So for me, okay. right, right, watching adult movies, like there's certain things that I can speak from my perspective as a straight male, like mm-hmm. there's stuff that I want to see, right? Yeah. So when you make things that for, from the queer perspective, are there those kind of things too? Like, okay, people who are queer, they want to see this, this, and this. And I guess, what are those things? I don't think we can do that uh, with queer people because uh, it's such a a massive community. It's a huge portion of the population. Obviously, it's a minority, but it's still, um, there's so much fluctuation and nuance of what people like and what people want to see and what they enjoy. So, you know, really, I'm not trying to tick off any boxes. I just do it based on what I want and what the other performers that I'm working with want from my experience and with my fans, like they, they like to see from over here to all the way over there. I mean, and everything in the middle is there kind of right. Cause you know, the, the algorithm is the algorithm. Is yeah. there certain queer content that does better than other kinds? What I know what sells for me the best is definitely my strap on content, but that's because people know me for that. <laughs> and right. Yeah, they, that they makes know, sense. Yeah. yeah, and they know that I do it very well and um, I do it better than a lot of other people. Uh, so I think that they come to me for that specifically and I will say as far as my queer content, like that is what sells the best. Um, and I will say like trans, uh, trans porn is, uh, uh, having like a huge moment right now. It's getting really big and I'm so happy to know that because I think it's been relegated. It's been sidelined for so long. Give me some leeway asking this question because I'm going to try to ask, ask it from like an honest place of 
curiosity and interest, but I feel like I'm going to phrase things the wrong way. So okay. when we talk about like trans porn, uh-huh. that's generally men and men, women and women. Like, you know this better than I do. I guess, can you yeah. explain, right? Can you explain, explain that to me? So uh, trans, trans woman, um, and then there's trans men. So trans just means like opposite. So that's why we came up with the word cis for people who don't identify as trans, for people who identify as the sex they were assigned at birth, because cis means same and trans means like opposite or whatever. So So a trans woman may have been a a biological male that is identifies as a woman. Is that right? Um, the word, like when we use the word biological, it's this, little, yeah, it's sticky, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to just say a cis. Okay. No, yeah. This is where I kind of, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay. You, yeah. I will it's be quiet. Someone who was assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth. Okay. And so now, and so now they um, are stopped. They're the opposite of that. So a trans woman was assigned male at birth. And now identifies okay. as a trans man was assigned female at birth and now identifies as a man. And then, of course, we have non-binary people who fall somewhere in between. Do you think that, confu- that confusion about it? Yeah. Does that kind of, has that kept it? Like what kept it? Because obviously these people, and I don't mean that in that kind of way. But obviously, trans people have been with us for a very long time. Oh, why is it just time. now? Like, why is it just now that we can openly talk about it? Oh, my gosh. Because, you know, even though sometimes it seems like they're like, we are now in an age where I think the Internet has helped a lot with this, too. We're being made aware that people are different and that that is OK. So. Whereas in the past, I mean, God, just think about the 90s, like Ellen coming out was this huge fucking deal just for her to be able to say I'm gay. Now, gay people have always existed, but it has been demonized, villainized, uh, punishable by death to this day. There are countries on this planet where if you are gay and they find out you will be executed. So uh, this thing about being different, being wrong, and uh, about not understanding someone being afraid, uh, which turns to hate. So I think now that we're just like, we're trying to make progress, we're trying to make economic progress, we're trying to make racial progress, uh, we're trying to make um, gender and sexuality, like, be accepting of human beings for being who they are, um, and not um like other them and you know i I think that we're it's amazing how far we've come um but anytime progress happens there's this like very powerful backlash uh and so we're obviously seeing that too but um i think that's the reason why like we're talking about it now because it is becoming more acceptable to just be who you are um and celebrate that but have you do you continue to see backlash from the kind of content that you put out there right are there still you go to you go to john smith the head of major porn company and he says not (laughs) in my watch oh uh no because the thing about porn is they follow the money and they don't give a fuck what it is as long as it's profitable so i mean i think when it comes to trans porn the issue previously in in past times has been more along the lines of uh, just fetishizing it and making it like, this is the little area for like the weirdos. Uh, Whereas now we're just like, no, these are actual human beings and they deserve to be treated with dignity and respect because now we have like, even just look at the awards show categories, like trans awards are being added as categories in places where they weren't before. Um, and trans people are kind of demanding representation in this industry in a way that they never have before. So this is a big shift that's happening here in this industry. And I hope that it's like spreading out into the world because 
that's the bigger goal. And that's kind of like what I want to be using my platform to do is, you know, yeah, I'm using porn to like hopefully help make the world a better place. (laughs) No matter what, no matter what somebody says, right. Those two kind of statements is like, you follow the money. There's a, there's a level of honesty there at the very least. Right. And um, positive side effects. Right. Right. Yeah. And everybody, you know, people could say like, well, is, is adult films the best way to spread the message? Well, everybody watches them. If I could explain to you like the types of emails that I get from people, um, it's yes, of course, there are times that people are like, oh, hot mama with amazing ass. I love to watch you fuck. Cool. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, but then I get, I mean, over the past, you know, 15 ish years or so, like these emails that I get from uh, a lot from women who are just like, I never watched porn because it all looked like it was made for guys. It all looks fake. Um, then I found your work and I can't tell you how you have made me feel more empowered and free to truly express myself and come out of the closet. I've had people tell me they've come out of the closet from watching my work and um, that they're like on their way to a better life for themselves just from like following me and, and the things I do and say on the internet. And so to me, that's like the most fulfilling part. Like the money is good because it's nice to be able to feed myself and have a house and stuff. But, um, but the part that like nourishes my soul is this kind of feedback from people Um, And they're just like, you know, it it might seem like it's nothing or like it's just entertainment to get off to or whatever. And, you know, there's a lot of that. But at the same time, there are some people who are connecting with it on a deeper level. And it's very, very meaningful for them. And it just bothers me that so many people in the world can just discount that experience, that real experience that some people have. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Oh, yes. Love that. When, as a producer, where do you generally make most of the money off of a film? Main, my main places where I sell my content are actually um, clip stores. So I sell them as like, uh, it's 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 funny. Just like the terminology is weird. Uh, like, so there's a film. When I hear film, I think of like a four scene movie. Like you put four scenes together, you call that a film. You call that a movie. Um, and I do make those, I sell them on my website. Uh, and I, I, you know, that money's okay. It's, it's like a bit of extra every month, but like, um, most of my income comes from selling the scenes that I make like individually in clip stores. And, um, it, you don't make the money off of like just the scene really. It's the fact that I have, you know, like 800 clips in my stores. And so every month that adds up to like a good amount. Um, and I produce custom videos, so I would say that's maybe like a third of the income, just like so the customer paying me directly to produce the scene for them of what they want. I also then sell those on my clip stores. Um, and then the fan site, so the OnlyFans, that would be the other place. I guess the, the answer to that question is really like there is not one place where I make the most money. Um, my income comes from having my hand in like several different pots for, for a clip, right? Like a, a good selling clip mm-hmm. that would sell how many? If I sell maybe, you know, 20 or more of a clip, I would say it sold pretty well, but it depends on the price of the clip too. So for example, I have this one clip that I made when I was first making clips. And it's my cheapest clip ever. I think I sell it for, I think the lowest you can charge is like $3.99. And it's a very niche sort of fetish. And I've sold like maybe 500 copies of that, maybe more. I don't even know. But I think that's because it was so accessible and cheap. (laughs) So then I have a clip, you know, that's maybe like 30 bucks because it's like a 40 minute like lesbian clip with all different sex acts and stuff like that. Uh, You know, and so if I only sell five of those, well, that's okay because it was a more expensive clip. It's a numbers game at the end. Yeah. Right. (laughs) 
it's like this gaping hole. It's like a Sarlacc pit, if you know Star Wars. And you just have to like throw content into it. And it is hungry and it needs to be fed multiple times a week. And you just do it. You just got to keep pumping out the content. And that's how you make a sustainable living. <laughs> do you ever feel like, oh my God, I can't have sex anymore though? I think I'm just excited to be having sex with someone. <laughs> You know what? I I think we all feel like that at the end of the day, right? No matter what your gender or sexuality, we're just all excited to be having sex with someone at the end of it. We all have that in common and we can cherish that and move forward as society. Uh, Favorite type of scene? My favorite type of scene is really just working is when the other performer is as into me as I am into them. So That's I like when, yeah, when the other performers like enthusiastic, when they're like excited to be working with me, um, the, oh, man, especially when they just like say one nice thing about me being, cause listen, every time I approach a scene with a, with another performer, I'm like, Oh God, I hope they think I'm like pretty enough to be having sex with, or I hope they think I'm, you know, like hot enough or whatever. Like I, I always still feel like shit, man. I, I can't believe I get to do this. <laughs> like, so, um, anytime they can give me a little, a little nugget that says that like they want to be doing this with me, then I'm like, yes. And those are my favorite types of scenes. <laughs> most, what is your most frequent request? Oh, uh, like strap on. For sure. Yeah. Okay. That's probably it. <laughs> and I think this is from the same person too. Your most interesting request. I've done a lot of uh, really weird and interesting customs. Um, one of them, for example, was this German fellow and he wanted uh, another girl and myself in lingerie. And we put on um, rubber dish gloves and we have like a bucket of soapy water. And then we have these little monster high dolls. They're kind of like, like mini Barbie kind of dolls. And we like punch and slap the dolls. And when we twist their hair, the dolls are like, that's how they get off sexually. And we are also dunking them in the water and like abusing them kind of. And uh, that was like a 30 minute video. And then the second one he got was basically the same thing. But then he also wanted us to cook eggs on the stove and I guess like taunt the dolls that they didn't get to have any of the eggs. There is no limit to look. My personal opinion, as long as you're not hurting people against their will, however you get down is however you get down. 100%. As long as everyone consents to it, I don't. Yeah, I really don't care as long as it's all consenting adults. You go ahead and do it. And you ask me to make a custom, and I have no problem doing that. <laughs> when I guess when was the last time though that you like you were surprised? Like, ooh, I have never heard of that before. Ten or ten years ago. <laughs> you've, you've heard it all or, at this point, right? Yeah, I would say that that dish the dish glove um, one that I just described to you. I I had never heard of that before. Uh, so that was maybe five years ago, but at the same time too, there are like little fetishes within that video that I did, I have heard of and made lots of like, um, you know, I kind of figured it's all psychological, right? So in, in my head, I'm like, okay, this guy's mom used to do dishes with these rubber dish gloves. And so that's why he likes the squeaky sound. And, um, he wanted us to use monster high dolls because, he wants to pretend like we're giantesses and that's like a very common fetish. Uh, so, you know, I'm just kind of like piecing together little things to sort of understand what we're making. <laughs> so even though it's not for me, um, I think that's why we make pretty good custom videos is because we try to understand like what it is that the fan is asking for. Sometimes the, quote unquote normal um customs are like the most boring ones for me to make they're just not interesting <laughs> and you know a joi is like a jerk off instruction and i made so many of those and they're very tedious and they're all the same and it was boring <laughs> the 
this one. Okay, I don't know if you do this or not, but this person sent this thing in. What's better? I, I, okay. I was raised not to say this word, so I can literally not get this word out of my mouth. But it starts okay. with a C. There's oh, is it cunt? Yes. That's my favorite word. I can't Come say on. it. I can't so say good. it. I was like, I, I understand. I was, there are words that I can't say. <laughs> like, like, but that kind of busting or ball busting. Well, I so I don't make ball busting videos because I don't have a model. So I would need a male model who is okay with getting kicked in the balls. Um, but I don't get asked for that either. So it's not like I don't make them because I have a problem with it. I've done it. I've performed in ball busting videos before. Um, it's fine. And it's wild. Like to me, that is wild <laughs> for sure. Like, man, I kick this guy and he's like, do it harder, do it. Harder. I'm like, okay. And I kicked him so hard in the balls. Like he started bleeding and he's like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I was just like, Fucking wow, this is insane. <laughs> but um, like as but when it comes to cum busting videos, um, we make. I mean, I believe that our studio makes the best cum busting videos that are available on the internet. Um, <laughs> How do you make it? What makes yeah. it a good one? Uh, dedication and care to detail. Uh, we do um, close-ups of the. Uh, the action and um we get facial reactions uh we add in sound effects so um like i said my husband is my editor a lot of combusting companies like leave one of these things out um but we do it all so we get several angles of a particular kick or punch and then um we get facial reactions so there's a lot of action it's very dynamic and then uh it takes my husband anywhere from three to six hours to edit one of those because he is literally sitting there going like frame by frame for each um, connection that happens and putting in like different kick and punch sound effects. Um, like they're all different and it just, it makes it look like a real movie. It, you're getting that real experience out of it. Um, and then like when we, we do the kicks, uh, it's always barefoot and we do make connection, but it's, um, there's like, it's basically, I also produce a lot of like a wrestling and fighting type of content as well. And you just learn, um, it's like doing stunt work. It's like being a stunt worker or whatever. So you learn techniques and ways of, uh, pulling your punches, pulling your kicks. So it's like, they do make contact, but um, you're not going like full force. Uh, so it just looks really real. And it, you add in that sound effect, it sounds really real. The reactions are really real. And so, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Is it for me now? Who's wanting to see it? Are the men wanting to see it or do the women want, like, is it for men or for women? We're talking about a very specific, um, fetish. So, the people who like, I'm not producing this for myself and I'm not producing this um, like to be like, Hey, here <laughs> for mass consumption, I guess. Right. I'm producing right. this for people who specifically go to a site like clips for sale and they type in the search bar cut busting. And that is what they want to see. I would say if I were to guess it's 99.5% uh, a male audience. That's honestly pretty much all the questions that I have is kind of what's what's coming up next for you. Yeah. So, okay. So my studio produced a trans lesbian movie called Sins Trans Lesbian Lovers. And that came out, um, I want to say like September. And that got nominated for an AVN award. So that oh, was very cool. exciting. Um, I will say that is my first uh, production of a film that I made that has gotten nominated for an Avian Award. Um, I've won two Avian Awards, but that was as my work as a performer. So uh, do not think I have a chance of winning because I'm up against, you know, studios that have $20,000 cameras and shit. But um, just the fact that, like, I'm getting that recognition as a creator and a performer uh, for that film is very special to me. So that's very exciting. Those awards take place at the end of January. Um and beyond that, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just whatever. Just saying, like, 
I got my OnlyFans going on. I put content on there every single day. Um, I'm producing content and clips all the time for my ManyVid store and my Clips for Sale store. And my website is sin-sage.com. That is where you can go and inquire about custom videos. I have an FAQ that's very extensive, answers all the questions about customs and a form you can fill out. Uh, there's information about all the films that I've made there too. And um, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I want to thank Sin so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media channels. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram. And we have also included her information in the episode description. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. Okay, so because of New Year's resolutions, have you ever made a successful change in your life? I, I've done, I mean, I've stopped drinking for a couple of years because I was medically told I had to. I mean, that's, some, that's one thing. You know, I, I ran a half marathon one time, which took six months of, of training. So, yeah, I mean, I've made changes. None that are life changes, though, I would say. I don't think I've ever made a significant change in my life. Like something that I really wasn't doing before, and now I've continually, like, done it. Even something as simple as, like, my New Year's resolution to drink water, and I've already failed that. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say once you become a dad, like in our instance, what is there to change? Our lives are over. (laughs) That is fucking true. God, that is kind of crazy to think that our lives are essentially over for a 20-year period of our lives. <laughs> the Essentially, the best periods of our life, too, are, are, are over. What would you say, though? Okay, if you're going to put an age on it, what would you say is the best period of, of life? If you're able to have fun, I would say the early 20s are probably the best. Uh, but speaking just in generals... You know, general thought, probably 30 to 55, I would think. That's a long age range. I need you to narrow it down, right? Don't just give me like, oh, anytime between 13 and 65, pretty good. Uh, fine. I'll, I'll say 30 to 35 is probably the best range, in my opinion. I could agree with that. That's a pretty good age range where a lot of people are probably having kids and like buying a house and becoming a real adult. You know, you might have just enough money to not have to worry about money, but yet you don't have to spend it on kids or maybe even a mortgage at that point. That's true. But I've always heard that statistically, like when they ask people that like 47 is apparently the best age, that people like their ages between 45 and 50. Huh. I would would be real interested to know the reasons behind those. What, because... You're halfway to retirement or you're comfortable by then usually? You're probably by that time, you're probably pretty financially set, right? You've got a good career. Your kids are probably old enough that you're not in like the changing diapers all the fucking time. And you're probably far enough along in your professional career that you're not really doing stuff anymore. You're just telling other people to do things. So like you probably got life together a little bit. The other question that I wanted to ask you is what do you think is louder, a boat horn or a train horn? <laughs> now we're getting to the real the real stuff of this show. Yeah, but I'm going to say with confidence that it's probably a train horn. See, but here's where I disagree with you, is because I'll generally hear the train before I hear the train horn. Now, I will hear a boat horn, and not in it, you don't hear the boat. Do you know like which one's louder? Have you looked it up? Probably not. I haven't looked it up, and I don't think that we should. <laughs> I don't know. Why. What do you mean you've listened to some boat horns? Like you've been out there down at the – you're hanging out at the docks? I mean, listen, man. The Shell household, we used to have a boat, you know, docked in okay. Canada. Yeah, what kind of boat was it? And we're going to rule on whether or not. If you had like an outboard dinghy, don't say that you had a boat. No. I have an inflatable kayak. I'm not going to go out there and tell people I have a boat. It was a 20-foot fiberglass. Oh. It was fine. It, it was it oh, was a fishing okay. boat. It was a fishing boat. Don't be jealous. Do you feel like your new year is off to a good start? 
Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. So far, I've been hungover and gotten food poisoning. I've I've worked every day since the new year. Uh, I live in a state where we, I think, are the face of America's COVID resurgence. Uh, kids' daycares constantly closed due to daycare. Wife oh, works boy. all the damn time. Oh, We're having another we kid go. in July. The, this is the show complaining hour now. Oh, well, by the way, you want to tell the people your big news? Yeah, I mean, listen, we're me and the wife uh, going for baby number three, and it's a boy finally. I finally get the boy, so pretty excited. How many more are you going to have then? I mean, I would keep going, but I I was told the other night that this is it for us. That uh, so so here here's an interesting question for you, and you don't have to answer because it's kind of personal. Uh, the wife is pretty adamant that I'm the one that goes and takes care of the of the business instead of having, you know, her, her get the operation. Yeah. I don't really care regardless, uh, but I've been reading up on it and it seems there's some pretty strong opinions uh, from the male side of things that, that they don't want, you know, that, that we don't want to get that done to ourselves, take away our manhood. First of all, I've had it done. And I would say that what have I noticed any kind of a difference? Absolutely not. I think that for some guys, it's probably just something that's in their head. That like, well, I can't get a woman pregnant anymore. I'm not a man, right? Like, it's the kind of guy, the, the person who thinks like that is the kind of guy who uses the phrase alpha male, right? The kind <laughs> where's of the guy tap that, out like, t-shirts? Right, where's a tap out t-shirt, right? Like, you're judging your manly criteria by the wrong thing. Um, I, I've had it done. I know a couple of people who have had it done. It's honestly... I would say this, your body will let you know that it does not like people messing with that area. Like, that's a whole nother kind of pain. Imagine, like, every guy can understand this, like, getting a, getting a pretty good crack on there. And for women who listen, like, it's a, it's like a nauseating, sharp pain where your body's just like, ooh, it's, you know what it's like? It's like having somebody drill into your teeth. I, well, I don't. I don't. Just like I got to get out of here. I got to get I don't, out of here. Don't really want you to keep going. You're you're totally making me not want to go through with this. I mean, I know I'm like a year out from having to do this, but you're still still telling me some terrible things. What what to me is the amazing thing about it is that you would okay. So this is a medical surgery. It's a legitimate surgery, and they go in there, they give you anesthesia, all this kind of stuff. You go in for any other kind of surgery, and you're looking at like ten, twenty thousand dollars at the least. A vasectomy, it's like it cost me two hundred bucks. Because <laughs> like, what a scam our health insurance is that they're just like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to pay for any of your kids either. So we'll definitely cover this, this vasectomy. Yeah, that's. Uh... What kind of bet can we make that you would name the child after me? It's never going to happen. So don't even. There is no bet ever. But would you name it Nick? You wouldn't name it Nick simply because of me, or you just don't like the name Nick? 98.7% because of you. <laughs> People can't even see my face. I'm not smiling. I'm like, I'm serious. No, he's, he's I, dead fucking serious. <laughs> I, uh, that kid, I, I, he would, I'd be in CPS trouble if I named that kid Nick, because I'd just be slapping the shit out of him every time he turned around. Yeah, it's weird how you can like know somebody of a certain name and then it ruins that name for all eternity. Uh, okay, all right, let's 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 move on. All right, let's get some shout outs. So we'll start off with Alex Smith. Appreciate you, uh, Marius Daniels, Lauren Silvers, Kelly Yates, Marius Daniels, David Haylett. Uh, let me see here: Dario Murdicante and Martin Photographia. Pretty sure Photographia is not that person's last name, but I probably has something it. to do with some sort of professional account, I would assume. Okay, maybe. All right, you never man. know. Let's let's, let's hear it. A lot That's of wowie. Oh, do you want to do your do you want to do your candle of the month now, or do you want to do it after your big questions? When do you want to do candle of the month? I mean, I had it after the questions. We can do it now. It's a okay. It's okay. It's Whatever. a pretty. It's a pretty simple uh, candle of the month. You know, you're going to the new year. You want some new things. You're feeling positive. So, uh, you know, you want want something nice. Um, 
I wrote, I, I put down pomegranate sunrise surprise. I don't know what the surprise is, but po pomegranates are, are fantastic. They smell good. And in the winter, like we had, we just got four inches of snow here in the lovely state of Michigan. You want something that's going to keep you up, keep you going. So pomegranate sunrise surprise. That's my can of the month. Check it out. Uh, it'll be on our website. Never. Uh, we actually should start putting them on our website. How much is that candle going to run you? Where where is it available at? Uh, so so I, I saw Bed Bath and Beyond. Um, it's I forget the price, but it's probably their normal twenty nine ninety five. Wait for a sale though. Wait for oh. a sale. Okay. Now, if you're looking for candles and you've got two stores right next to each other, on the left is Bed Bath and Beyond. On the right is Yankee Candle. Which one are you going into first for your candle choices? I'll probably go to Bed Bath and Beyond, or no, I'm sorry, not Bed Bath and Beyond. Bed Bath and Body Works. Wait, what is it? Is it Bath and Body Works, or is it? Yeah. Wait, Bed Bath and Beyond is one store. Bath yeah, and Body <laughs> Works is another store, and then Yankee Candle is a third store. I don't think there's a Bed Bath and Body Works. There isn't. No, I was. I fucked that up. I messed that up. Outtake okay, so just to, number one of the new year. Okay, so just to clarify here, you're going to Bed. Wait, you're going to Bath, bath and, and Body, body works. works. Not, yeah. Over Yankee Candle, but does Yankee Candle only sell Yankee candles? Is that why your Bed Bath and Body Works has more of an assortment of different brands and varieties? I, yeah, I just, I just think it's just my personal preference. I was kind okay. of first introduced to Bath and Body Works, and they have lots of great things, by the way. There. Did, this, did anybody at the store know your name? No, because like, because I, I don't really go into them anymore because of the whole COVID thing and the That's malls. Right. I do all my shopping online. I can tell you, my UPS driver probably knows the package when he oh. when he drops it off every couple of weeks. Did you did you give your mailman a like a Christmas card tip? I uh, not my mailman because we we uh, switch those so frequently here for whatever reason. But I did do it for my UPS and my FedEx delivery uh, folks. Oh. Always treat those people kindly because they can fuck your life up. What did you do? How much you spend? Uh, $50 gift card. Holy like just a, shit. Just a, just a visa, you know, just a prepaid visa gift card so he could spend it on whatever he wanted to. You got $50? Yeah, I mean. Oh, I was thinking 10 top. <laughs> we talked about this last episode or the episode before that about uh, well, gift cards that are of that amount do nothing. Right, like I don't want a ten dollar gift certificate to Applebee's, but if it's a ten dollar Visa card, like that's ten bucks, man. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm... I just don't want a gift card to a specific place. But if you're just gonna hand me straight cash, you went fifty dollars. Damn. Well, I mean, you you figure he delivers here to my house probably at least once every two weeks, if not once a week. It's not really I mean, much. It's fine. He he deserves it. All delivery folk like that deserve it, in my opinion. It's, okay. You know, it is. It is what it is. Okay. All right. Wow. Who? Big timer over there. He probably thinks you're money bags. He's gonna have. He's gonna <laughs> rob. He's gonna rob you. Oh well. He can. He ain't gonna find shit in here except for shitty diapers and tears. Uh, all right. Got a couple of bangers for you. Uh, how many days is it okay for somebody or a family to keep up their Christmas tree after the New Year? Um, I think the accepted thing is January first. You got to start bringing it down. You have to have it down by January fifteenth. Christmas tree can stay up a little bit longer than Christmas lights, but that's about it. What does it tell you about somebody that keeps their lights on until well into February, if not March? Probably that this. Well, now if you keep it on all year round, then that's just a lifestyle. But if you're waiting until February or March, then you're just being lazy, which is assuming what you're probably doing is leaving your lights on. But do you actually turn them on, or do you just leave them sitting out there? I would wait until the coldest day in February because I'm a jackass. All right, let's let's hear these big questions. That was one of them. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, the other one. Uh, I was so um, sucked into it, I couldn't. I couldn't even. I lost focus. You, I mean, you were. Uh, is that new pullover, by the way? Looks good, man. Nice Christmas gift. I don't um, think this is technically. Have you seen these Sketcher commercials where they're like, "Is a hoodie too difficult for you?" Well, who's the fucking idiot who came up with that? Like, right? What moron is sitting at home? You know, this hood 
just too difficult for me. Like, if honestly, I, if that's your problem, then you should. I feel like that should be a government sterilization effort. Like, that is a clandestine <laughs> thing by the CIA that advertises these hoodies or these Skechers sweaters or whatever you want to call them. And then if somebody shows up and, like, you know what? I am having trouble with the hood, then you should be sterilized right then and there. And that's how they're like weeding people out. What kind of idiot is like, God, this hood is just so difficult for me? I haven't seen the commercial, but I, I presume it's about hoods being. It's about tough, how difficult. It's about how Skechers has gotten rid of the hoodies on their shirts because it's just too difficult for people. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't need to get into it. But I, why? How is a hoodie difficult? Apparently, that that's like the best thing that they could come up with for their whole entire brand. It's like, well, how are we going to sell this to people? I don't know. It's a piece of shit. What should we do? Uh, tell people that the hood is is too a difficult. Piece of shit. Right. Like, yeah, what's that's... their marketing plan? We got nothing. Well, hoodies are hard. And then they saw like Greg, the idiot, who's struggling to put on a hoodie, and they're like, "That's it. We'll market it to people like Greg, who are too fucking stupid to understand how to put a hoodie on." Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stupid people in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before you insult everybody, uh, um, curious, what what it can, it can be a material object or a dollar amount, but how much would you sacrifice your best friend friend for? Oh, I mean, well, probably nothing, honestly. <laughs> so I you- mean. All right, well, okay. Case in point. Okay, it's me, your best friend. Okay. Would you just would you just let me get off for nothing? No, I mean, what are we talking about? Is it cash on the table? Yeah, it can be and a dollar what's gonna amount. Happen to, what's going to happen to you though? Right? Like you're going to die. I'm gone. I'm gone forever. This podcast, it you're it's, you're going to be soloing it up from here on out. Oh, nothing. I mean, no amount. If somebody honestly handed me like, here's a billion bucks. No. That's just uh, priceless, no. man. That's priceless. I'm serious. I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't believe that. You would I give sell you... me for a billion dollars? Oh, I'd, I'd sell you for 300 grand, I think. Wow. I was actually going to go 500. <laughs> I, I think it's easy to say what you're saying, but I think if somebody actually presented you with a billion dollars and was like, Shaw's disappearing forever if you take this, I think you would take it. No, I mean it would have to. It would be in the ten. It would have to be in the legitimate answer, right? Because ultimately, everybody does have a price. It would have to be in the tens, if not hundreds of millions. Wow. Well, for I'm I'm flattered, uh, but I mean, mine would be in the probably the tens of millions. But I wouldn't okay. go hundreds. <laughs> yeah, I could go. I'm low hundreds. I'm not going like nine hundred. Not look. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not looking for six hundred million here. But if somebody was like $100 million and shall boom. So a couple of things here that we can talk about or not talk about. It's up to you. Uh, the Antonio Brown thing yesterday. Did you see that video? I did. And I don't know how to feel about that kind of a thing. Because at one time you're like, man, this guy can't get his life together. But at the same time, you're like, there's probably some mental health issues there. For those of you who don't know, basically Antonio Brown plays for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, apparently he was angry at his coaching staff decided to leave mid-game and kind of do a little charade. I mean, he was just like, whatever. And he left the field, got an Uber to the airport, and basically quit the NFL again, by the way. Uh, he's He has a terrible track record the last three years of getting in trouble. Uh, and he says, or it came out at least, that he was set to make about a million dollars in bonuses. And the coaching staff told him that they were going to put a limit on his playing time. We don't know why. Maybe he was injured, whatever. But that's what got him angry, and he walked off. But uh, clearly he has some, like you said, some mental issues. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I mean, he's, like, he's gone repeat offender too many times. Where it's too kind many of like, times. That's one of those things where you see it, and the first time you see it, you're like, this guy, is, what is going on? And then you kind of think about it, and you're like, oh, he's got some issues. <laughs> he's yeah. got some deals here. Yeah, so I, I guess moving on from that, uh, New Year's Eve just happened, or obviously New Year's. Um, what's your What's your thought on these news anchors being one yourself, former one yourself? Um, I'll just pick out Don Lemon, and I'm not picking him out for any reason. Anderson Cooper, 
they get drunk on TV and they just sprout their mouths off. Like they become totally unprofessionals in my opinion and there's no accountability whatsoever. I don't understand that. I mean from a, like look, I can't take you seriously. People have like look, everybody has opposing sides, right? You can be a very serious person and then go out and party balls on the weekend and you can do that. But you can't have it in both ways where you're like on TV trying to deliver serious news and be talking about things and then the next minute you're like taking shots, partying. Like pick one. <laughs> you pick pick which one you want to do. You can't do both. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I just I understand having a good time, but I don't think you need to do that. But hey, no, whatever, and, man. And look, as a former TV person, I can tell you that most TV people are pretty terrible people. <laughs> not like, you, look, though. This podcast has pr- proven that, that you are proven, not one of those. Proven that I'm a very nice person, very well-rounded. <laughs> uh, and then I just had, I just had that uh, there was a set of twins delivered on New Year's night. Uh, but one was born at 11.50 on the 31st, and the other was born five minutes after midnight. So technically, they were born together, but one was born in t- 2021, and the other was born in 2022. That's kind of badass. Yeah, okay. You know what actually is kind of badass is that I saw something that the longest twins have ever gone between giving birth, like they delivered one twin and then they had the next twin, was something like three months. Which, if you think about it, that's fucking crazy, right? Like, you're you're a twin, but one of you is born, like, you deliver the baby at nine months, but one of them was born at, like, six months, and the other one wow. went full term. That's kind of a crazy thing. Like, you could be twins, but be born three months apart. How about that? So, that's why I'm not impressed by your fucking ten minutes. Okay, are you ready for our top five? I am, man. It's involving food. Of course I'm ready. All right, so our top five is top five ways to cook slash eat potatoes. And we're talking about, like, French fries, potato chips, that kind of stuff. What's your number five? Uh, So my number five, I went with the very boring baked potato. Now, the only reason that I can see having a baked potato that high is if you're having it specifically with steak. Then I can understand baked potato. Otherwise, it deserves to be nowhere near the top five. Of the 20, 30 different ways to cook a potato, I would put baked potato pretty close to last. That's the most boring way to have a potato. You might as well just eat the thing but, raw. But it's so good if you do it right. It's they're, they're delicious. Right. But if I had a choice between a really well done baked potato and french fries, that's an easy fucking choice. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't okay. know if I can agree with you. Uh, my number five is hash browns. I knew you were going to put hash browns on the list. I specifically did not put them on the list because I knew you were going to. Because hash browns are fucking amazing. That's why. I think they're overrated. I, I don't. I just not a big fan of hash browns. Right. What do you like? Scallop potatoes. I mean, if I'm if I'm eating if I'm going to do something for breakfast that's not hash browns, maybe some oven oven roasted potatoes. God, I forgot. Yeah. He's a fucking food snob. Okay. What's your number four? <laughs> You're going to hate my number four then. Uh, fingerling potatoes. What the fuck is that? Um, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to describe. I mean, they're they're like a medium to small potato. And they're, they're the kind you would actually get with a steak. Okay, since you can't describe it, it automatically should be out of the top five. If well, you can't give me an exact description of like this is what it looks like, this hard. is what you put on it, then it's out. Well, you don't don't, don't any... come at me with these fingerling potatoes when we got things like tater tots and chips and fries <laughs> on the list, right? Like if you can't describe what I it love is, fingerling, man. I love fingerling potatoes. I think a lot of people love them as well, and they know what they are. Unlike you, yeah. Well, if hash people browns, don't even know what it is, right? Hash browns. Everybody's like, oh, I want some hash browns. Doctor Pepper Zero. Let's go. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, my number four is chips. Okay, I don't have chips on my list. This is what I'm talking about. How can you trust a man that doesn't have chips on his list of the top five potato things? Like, that's a ridiculous statement. You this have to have su- chips on there. Do you this not might have fries su- on there either? This might surprise you, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big chip person. I just, I'm just not. Yeah, you, they should still be on the list regardless. Just, like, this is just a – what you're saying right there is a total lack of societal awareness. That, like, <laughs> oh, I don't know about chips. I'm too busy eating finger – Ling. Finger – 
Finger, finger link potatoes. There you Have go. Have you ever had a real nice amuse bouche? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Who wants some tiramisu? Right? Don't well, throw well, fancy words at me. This is this I, is a show for the people. Not your fucking fancy five star Michelin restaurant with hundred thousand dollar steaks. How is fingerling potatoes considered a fancy word to you? I don't get Never it. Never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. That's how. Well, and that's why you're angry because you haven't heard of it before. Yeah, because it's not good. That's why. Uh, what's your number three? Uh, well, you're gonna you're not gonna like this one then. Um, for my number three, I just have roasted potatoes. <sighs> You're a fucking snob, dude. You're a food snob. I'm. I mean, I like what I like. I don't know what to tell you. I right, like. But, okay. I like intricate food. I like it to taste good. I don't want to go to Wendy's and just get a thing of French fries and be like, "Oh, these are the best potatoes I've ever had," because they're not. They're loaded with salt and bullshit. Right. That's why my number three is fries. Because I want <laughs> salt and bullshit. That's exactly <laughs> what I want. Well, I mean, to be fair. My my number two is fries. So, where, okay. Now this is a legitimate question. I'm not gonna try to bust your balls about this. But where would you say? What restaurant would you say actually has the best fries? Like, ooh, I mean, I've fries. always said I've always said Arby's does the curly fries. Those are fantastic. Those are pretty good. But I mean, if we're going generic, you know, French fry, uh, probably probably Burger King. So because I don't have a sense of smell. I you probably you could put a number of different fries like if you got fries from Burger King, McDonald's, all those kind of similar places and put them right in front of me, I don't think that I could tell the difference. But I would mm. say to me in and out fries are the best only because I get them animal style and like covered in shit. I <laughs> see I I've never I don't think I've ever had an In-N-Out burger. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a western thing. But okay, if I put like blind taste test. Could you tell the difference between McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King fries? You could be like, Ooh, that's no. McDonald's fry. No, but once again, and you're not going to believe that's us because I haven't, I haven't had enough of them to really know. I don't think. Didn't you get in a fight at like a Dairy Queen? Uh, that was at a McDonald's in in Orlando, actually. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's yes. not let's let's not add anything to that story and just move on. What's Fair your enough. number two? Was fries? Yeah. Tater tots. My number two is tater tots. Uh, well, that's that's my number one surprise. Tater, surprise. Ooh, see, yeah. now this is why your list is ridiculous because you do all this fancy shit and then you have tater tots as number one, right? So you're this but, is this is why it enrages me is because you're putting on a pretense. You're trying to convince the people that you're somebody that you're not. You're trying to be no. fancy and have all these different kinds of potatoes that nobody's heard of, but at the end of the day, you just want some tater tots, right? You want it like you're trying to tell people that you're at the opera. And going to musicals and stuff, but at the end of the day, you're just watching monster truck rallies. I uh, ignoring everything that you just said. Tater tots are fantastic because they're just so damn versatile. They are good, man. Yeah, they are good, especially if you make them right. I don't ever make them right though. I always fuck it up, and they're mushy. My wife can make them really good. But, I mean, maybe you should follow the directions and not put them in the microwave. That's how I do it. That's how I do it, though. Uh, my number one is waffle fries. All right, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was actually, I was going to say for fries, if I had to have a preference, it would be waffle fries. So yeah, good. I would go waffle fries significant. I would actually put curly fries last. I would go curly fries, regular fries, waffle fries. i go regular curly waffle. But the curly doesn't taste that good. It just looks different, so you feel like you're trying to be fancy again. <laughs> and anything sweet potato. Sweet oh. potato is better. I hear you on that one. I agree with you on that. Anything sweet potato automatically makes it better. What's in your honorable mention there, fancy pants? I, I, you know, just so people who are just now listening, all I said was fingerling, and he's gone off on it, so I apologize. Um, I have hash browns, uh, soup potatoes. Don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what I what I meant by that either. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's really it, to be honest with you. Hmm. Trying to find like a list of all the different kinds of potatoes. Okay, 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 okay. Where do you? Um, I would say that on my honorable mention, I would have mashed potatoes. Would be really the only other, the only other kind of potato that I would go ahead and put on there. See, mash are okay, but I don't know. If I'm gonna do mash, I gotta do it, you know, 
I got to do mashed like mashed. I'm not. I don't want to do like out of a cardboard box for 30 seconds in the microwave. Add water and there's mashed potatoes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that stuff. I've done that before. Those are kind of gross. <laughs> it's actually like that's offensive to me. Like, ooh, <laughs> that's not. And it's not like potatoes are expensive, right? I don't think that the, no. that is actually any cheaper. That's fucking ridiculous when you think about it. But that is probably one of our greatest inventions in society, the ability to have, like, mashed potatoes in basically powdered form, <laughs> which is fucking crazy if you think about it. Just astronaut food, man. That's what I call it every time I every time I do it, do something with it. Just astronaut who, food. Who do you think, like, how long do you think that they like, – that would have to be something that you would accidentally invent. Like, nobody would set out to, like, how can we make mashed potatoes – in a box. I don't know, guys. Let's get working. Like, that had to be an accident that somebody just I, accidentally did that. I don't know, but that might be a good top five. Top five accidental inventions. Mm, I think our parents probably would say it to both of us. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, please leave us a review. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating. It really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the best ways to eat a potato. This is important stuff, man. You don't mess around with potatoes. I think there's a strong argument to be made there that they're one of the most important food items. Bread maybe beats potatoes. Water. What, What else? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.